We want to continue to burn these spirits. Remember these folks in prayer. I know there's many others, uh, but just had these on my heart lately, and they've not been able to be here, so we want to remember them. All right. Miss Marianne is going to sing. You worship whether she sings tonight. cross for Calvary. Amen. Praise the Lord for that tonight. Amen. Amen. While he 
he's coming. Let me just remind you on the first Sunday night of November, which is just a couple weeks away, uh, Brother uh, Wesley Morrison and his family will be here, and uh, they'll be singing that night. And so we look forward to that. Then next Wednesday night, I've got someone booked to preach. I'm not going to tell you who it is. You're going to have to come see who it is, but I promise you, uh, if you don't come, of course, I'm talking to the crowd that's faithful, but uh, you can tell the other crowd. I'll tell them. You remind them that if they don't come, they're going to miss it. Amen. I promise it'll be somebody you want to hear next uh, next Wednesday night. And so uh, you pray about that. But some exciting days. Things are getting back to normal, at least in my world. Amen. They are. And, uh, and I know that... Uh, I think greater days are ahead for our church, is what I'm saying. I believe he's still on the throne. Don't you believe that tonight? He's not lost his power. He's still able. And so we're looking ahead for greater days. So you pray for Brother Sean as he sings for us.
that's so true. People that there's a there's a special I don't know if it's just a special touch on people that suffer, isn't there? And especially the pure in heart. And uh, you know, I thought about that when she's uh, testifying there. Uh, so many times, the people that suffer the most are usually the ones that smile the most. Amen. Those that know Jesus, Amen. Or those that are. Uh, pure in heart. The Bible said, blessed are pure in heart, for they shall see God. Amen. You don't have to worry about where they go when they die. Amen. You say, well, have they ever been saved? Well, they've been safe. Amen. They're safe in the hands of the Lord. Amen. And uh, I'm thankful. I'm thankful that one of these days, just like that song says, at the crossing of the Jordan, we're going to make a good crossing one of these days, aren't we? I look forward to that. Hallelujah. I've always had a place to sleep close to where and food to eat. God has been so good to me. I thank you, Lord, for mom and dad.
I want uh, I want Miss Noelle. I want y'all to come sing. What's the, I want y'all to sing that song, Noel. You mentioned it Sunday. We was talking, and I can't think of the title of it, but uh, it's about the Lord and how good He's been to us. And you know, tonight if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ, you don't know what you're missing. Amen. The world is not doing anything tonight that I would want to trade places with them. I'm telling you. Being right here, being in church, hearing hearing people sing and praise God. I'm telling you, listen, the world has nothing. Is that true tonight, young people? I mean, you wouldn't. I wouldn't trade. I, I, how many of you young people can testify you would not trade places with the world tonight just by an uplift of hand? I'm telling you, listen, they don't have any. They, you know why? You say, why is that, preacher? Because the world can't satisfy. But I, I found him, amen. I, he found me more than I found him. But thank God when he came looking for me, amen, I, I, he wasn't the one that was lost, I was, but he found me, but I found him, hallelujah, and you know what, it satisfies, isn't that right? It satisfies, Jesus Christ satisfies the longing that's in your soul tonight, and I felt like they ought to sing this song, and I want to obey the Lord, so you worship with them. Refreshing as an ocean in the desert, as lovely as the flowers in the snow, and who is as watchful as an eagle or her young ones, as gentle as the summer breeze that blows. Precious Jesus, sweet rose of Sharon, there's peace 
and triumph when you speak his name. Loving Savior, he's my sunshine in the midnight. He's my guiding star that shineth all the day. Who is the one who understands my burdens? And when he smiles, he hums a happy melody. A liberated soul cannot sing about being bound for a long time without looking back and realizing who set him free. Precious Jesus, sweet rose of Sharon, there's peace and triumph when you speak his name. Loving Savior, He's my sunshine in the midnight. He's my guiding star that shineth all the day. Precious Jesus, sweet rose of Sharon. There's peace and triumph when you speak His name. Loving Savior, He's my sunshine in the midnight. He's my guiding star that shineth all the day. He is my guiding star that shineth all the Appreciate them singing that song, Precious Jesus. Amen. If you know him tonight, he's precious to you. Amen. Praise the Lord for that. You'll take your Bibles for a few moments. Turn with us to the book of Psalms, chapter 86. And um, I preached from Psalms 84 a few weeks ago. And I'm skipping Psalms 85 just because I was looking at some notes. And this year, uh, preached about three different times out of Psalms 85. Not that you can exhaust the Bible by no means, and um, but I'm going to skip this psalm just for that reason. And uh, but it's amazing to me how that uh, preaching through Psalms uh, just as the Lord leads. I mean, if God moves in a service and we do whatever the Lord leads, and then sometimes we'll have preachers in. Then on Wednesday nights we've uh, had. A uh, long period of no Wednesday night services, but isn't it amazing how you get to a psalm just going through the Bible, and then it's exactly what we need at the very week that, I mean, that's God, amen? And I looked at this psalm this afternoon, Psalms chapter 86, and in, and again, the, the thought, the theme of this psalm amazes me how that it falls right at a very crucial time. Uh, where we're at today in our nation and in our churches and as well as in our life. And I pray it'll be a help to us tonight. If you're able to stand, Psalms chapter 86, and we'll begin reading in verse number 1. The Bible said, Bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and needy. Preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou, my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. Be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cry unto thee daily. Rejoice the, the soul of thy servant, for unto thee, O Lord, do I lift up my soul. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive, and plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer, and attend unto the voice of my supplication. In the day of my trouble I will call upon thee, for thou wilt answer me. Among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. For thou art great and dost wondrous things, thou art God alone." 
Teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite mine heart to fear thy name. I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all my heart, and I will glorify thy name forevermore. For great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. O God, the proud are risen against me. And the assemblies of the violent man have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. But thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy and truth. O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Give thy strength unto thy servant and save the son of thy handmaid. Show me a token for good that they which may see it and be ashamed because thou, Lord, hast hoped me and comforted me. Father, I want to thank you for the good singing tonight. Thank you for the testimonies. Thank you for your presence. And I pray now that you'll bless the reading of thy word. I ask you to speak to all of our hearts. But, Lord, we pray especially if there be someone here that's lost. I pray the Holy Ghost will do the work that no man can do. Put them under deep conviction. Lord, draw them to an altar of repentance. Let them see their need of salvation. How that if they don't get born again, they'll surely die and go to hell. I pray that you'll save them tonight before it's eternally and everlastingly too late. And we'll make sure that you get all the glory, the honor, and the praise that is due to your name. In Christ's name we do pray. Amen. Amen. You can be seated tonight. I want to preach a few minutes on this subject on how to testify in troublesome times. How to testify in troublesome times. You see, Psalms chapter 86, uh, there's no doubt that this is a Psalm of David. This being uh, the third book of the Psalms, uh, this is uh, unique in the fact that this is the only Psalm of David uh, that is found in the third book of the Psalms here. And this is no doubt David's Psalm. Now, we don't know when David wrote this Psalm. Some believe that David wrote this Psalm at a time in his life when uh, he was running from Saul or being persecuted by Saul. Others believe that David wrote this psalm in a time when Absalom had stolen the hearts of the men of Israel and uh, David was on the run once again. Uh, we don't know exactly when David wrote this psalm, but what we do know, according to verse number 14, uh, that David is facing some very troublesome times in his life. He said in verse number 14, O God, the proud are risen against me, and the assemblies of the violent men have sought after my soul and have not set thee before them. So it's clear that in this psalm that David is going to talk about two things. Number one, uh, David is going to talk about David's troubles, uh, but he's also going to talk about his testimony. He's going to testify in a very troublesome time in his life. And you know when you think about that tonight, uh, uh, trouble is something that someone said that everybody's got that nobody wants and nobody knows what to do with. That's a good definition of what trouble is. Uh, and Job said, man, that's born of a woman is few days and full of trouble. And Jesus said, let not your heart be troubled. Amen. And so you and I can live in fear or we can live in faith. And David was a man that definitely walked in faith. Amen. And in the time of trouble, David makes it clear that he's still trusting God. Hey, we're living in some troublesome times, but we don't have to live in fear. We can walk in faith. In fact, the Bible said the just shall live by faith. Faith, uh, and we can live by faith uh, and glorify and magnify God uh, in these troublesome times. Uh, we know that trouble is a tool that God uses many times uh, uh, to bring us to our knees uh, and to seek God more. Amen. And that's what David does here. A uh, trouble uh, prongs David uh, to seek God. And what he has to say about God in those troublesome times uh, has a lot of weight to it. And I want to stop and say this. Uh, we can praise God in the sunshine and we should. We can praise God when the bills are paid and everybody's healthy and we should. But I'll tell you, the world takes note uh, when you and I go through the fire and when we walk through the valley and when we go through the flood. Uh, it's in them troublesome times uh, uh, the world takes note of us uh, when we magnify God uh, in spite of our trouble. Amen. I want you to notice here David's trouble in some of these verses. Let us see here as David talks about his trouble in verse number 14 as we read there. He mentions the persecution of those enemies. But if you go back to verse number 1, David is going to tell us how this trouble caused him to pray the right kind of prayers. You say, what do you mean? Well, look in verse number 1. He wants God to hear him as he says, Lord, hear me. He said, bow down thine ear, O Lord, hear me, for I am poor and... 
and needy. Look at verse number 6. He said, Give ear, O Lord, unto my prayer and attend to the voice of my supplication. You see, David's trouble is causing him to plead with God. And David is asking God, number one, to hear him. You know, that's what trouble will do. It'll cause us to get desperate. It'll cause us to get earnest. And we'll come before God and the only thing we want is God's attention. Amen? I'll tell you, there's a lot of things I think I need. But what I really need the most is to get the ear of God and get His attention. Amen? And trouble brings us to that place. It funnels us down to where we see life as it really is. And it's, oh God, would you listen? Oh Lord, would you hear my prayer in this time of trouble? And so David said, Lord, would you hear me? But then he said in verse number 2, God, would you protect me? Amen? He said, preserve my soul, for I am holy. O thou my God, save thy servant that trusteth in thee. David is not only praying here, Lord, hear me, but now he's saying, Lord, he said, I need you to preserve me. I need you to keep me. In other words, I need you to protect me in the midst of my enemies. Hey, I'll tell you, the church has never had more enemies than what she's got right now in 2020. Amen. I'm telling you, the world does not love the church because the world does not love Christ. Amen. The reason the church is despised is because they've despised and rejected Him and they'll despise and reject all of those that follow Him. Isn't that right? And tonight, what you and I need is protection in this hour. And God will give us the protection that we need. Our hope tonight is not in man. Can I get a witness on that? Our hope tonight is not in our own intellect, our own logic. Amen. We can't figure this thing out. We can't reason this thing out within ourselves. But our protection in 2020 is the same thing that we've always had and it's all we'll ever need. Our hope and our protection is in God Almighty. The Bible said God is our refuge and strength, a very present help in the time of trouble. And God's as much a refuge tonight to the people of God and the church as He always had been, has been and will be. And David prays Lord, hear me. And he prays, Lord, would you protect me? And then he prays in verse number three, Lord, would you be merciful to me? He said, be merciful unto me, O Lord, for I cried daily unto thee daily. Look at verse number 16. He said, O turn unto me and have mercy upon me. Uh, David is praying for God to listen to him. He's praying for God to protect him. But then he's praying for God to give him mercy. And can I tell you tonight, it doesn't matter who we are. It doesn't doesn't matter how long we've been serving God. We need the mercy of God. Amen. I'm glad the Bible said His mercies are new every morning because I needed it yesterday. I need it today. And I'm going to tell you, I'm going to need it if I live to see tomorrow. And I'm glad that God is a merciful God tonight. Amen. And He says, Lord, be merciful to me. Have you ever prayed for the mercy of God in your life? Have you ever come into God's presence knowing that you deserve justice, but you ask for mercy. I'm not just talking about when, but when you got saved. I'm talking about after your salvation. There's times that God should have whipped me, and I asked Him, God, please be merciful. There's times that God said, I'm going to show you mercy, but you're still going to receive chastisement, but not to the degree that you would have had. Because That's what David prayed, wasn't it? He should have died by his own lips, by his own uh, judgment, but God showed him mercy. He's still chasing him. But then there's been them times when God said, I'm going to be merciful. And David is praying for the mercy of God. I want to say not only is he praying for God to be merciful, but look at verse number 11. He's praying for God to teach him. As he says, teach me thy way, O Lord. I will walk in thy truth. Unite my heart to fear thy name. You know what David is asking for in this trouble? He's saying, God, I want you to listen to me. And God, I want you to protect me. I'm asking you to show me mercy. But Lord, here's what I'm asking you also. I'm asking you to teach me something in this. I don't want to go through this trouble and have not gained something that's going to benefit my Christian walk. I'll tell you, when we go through trouble sometimes, uh, oftentimes what we think is, Lord, can I just get out of this? When can I get out of this? Uh, But David is saying, what can I get out of this, Lord? Uh, I don't want to just get out of this, uh, but what can I get? 
get out of this life. Uh, hey, God never allows anything to happen in our life by chance or circumstance. Uh, he never allows anything to come our way that what He doesn't have a plan. He doesn't have a purpose. Uh, even in self-inflicted wounds, uh, uh, God is so merciful that God can still teach us something that will be a principle that will help us uh, all the days of our life. Uh, what we ought to do when trouble comes, uh, rather than get frustrated about it, rather than get upset about it, rather than get tore out of frame about it, just take a step back and say, God, in the midst of all this trouble, will you show me mercy? But God, will you show me what you're trying to show me in all of this trouble? Lord, teach me thy way. Amen. You see, if you and I don't learn the way of God in trouble, we'll face that trouble again, won't we? We'll make the wrong decisions if God don't teach us. Trouble, when it comes, we must say, Lord, show me, teach me. And then David says here in verse number 17, he says, Lord, give me a sign. He says, show me a token for good. David's asking for a sign. But in the asking of this sign, this token, what David is really praying for is assurance. He's saying, God, if you'll give me a token, show me a sign, Lord. Because what would that sign do in the life of David? You know what it would do? It would give David assurance. And David in this troublesome times, he's looking for a sign. Now, we're not to be looking for a sign. Amen. Jews were always looking for signs and, and they're to be looking for signs. Jesus, when he gave those signs in Matthew chapter 24, it was not for the church. Amen. It's not concerning the rapture, but it's talking about the tribulation period. And these are the signs of his coming, the revelation, the, the, the second advent, the revealing of the Lord Jesus Christ. Those signs of uh, uh, Jews are to be looking for signs, but we that are saying we're to be listening for a sound, amen, of the sound of a trumpet, amen. I'm not looking for a sign. I'm just listening for the sound. When the trumpet sounds, I'll be gone, amen. And you will too if you've been saved. And that trumpet may sound tonight. And if you're lost without God, you better get in, friend. You better get saved tonight. If the trumpet sounds tonight, you're going to be left behind. You say, preacher, I don't believe that. Doesn't make no difference. It's still the truth of the Word of God tonight. You say, well, preacher, if we're not to pray for a sign, uh, then where do we get our assurance from? I'm going to tell you where. The Word of God. Amen. Amen. You know, when David said, Lord, show me a token for good, what you all, you and I need to do is just say, Lord, show me your Word. Amen. I'm glad I don't have to sit around and wait for a sign. Amen. I mean, you, well, we think a sign would be wonderful. And I'll tell you, you know what? It'd be awful to pray and just have to sit around every day and say, well, I wonder if God's going to show me a sign today. I wonder if He's going to show me a sign tomorrow. I don't know so much about all that. And I'll tell you what I can do. I could sit down tonight and say, dear God, I need some help from the pages of your word. I'm going through some troublesome times. I just need some help. I just need some answers. God, would you show me a verse. God, would you show me something in the Word of God? I'm telling you, this is a well of water that never runs dry. And friend, it's got all the answers. Not some of the answers. It's got all the answers for all of life's questions in the good times and in the bad. When you listen, when you've got a shoulder to lean on and when you don't have nowhere to turn, the Bible will be everything you need just when you need it in those troublesome times. Amen. David said, this is David's trouble. And it's caused him to pray. But now I want you to see David's testimony. David tells us what he's prayed for. But now David, in the same psalm, he begins to testify. He begins to talk about the Lord in these verses. I want to hear what David has to say in troublesome times. You know, some people, it, listen, some people, they're going to live their life on the negative side. Y'all know anybody like that? Don't you thank God you don't go to church with nobody like that? Don't you thank God I don't have to pastor no negative people? Don't you thank God you're not married to a negative person? Oh, we better stop there. I mean, there's some people, listen, when, listen, some people, if you put them right, if you put them in the millennial, they're still going to find something to be negative about. Amen. I mean, there, there's some people, I mean, at the beginning of the thousand year reign, they're going to say, well, it's good now. But you know we're only here a thousand years, don't you? I know we're going to heaven when it's over with, but, but Satan's going to be loose for a little season. Don't get too comfortable. 
I mean, some people's always, they're always a, a Debbie Downer. They're always a, a Sour Sam, you know, or, or whatever you want to call it, a Bitter Bob. Amen. I, I mean, they always, uh, they, it's like they enjoy frowning all the time. And I mean, listen, uh, you get around them and all they ever want to do is talk about, I mean, couldn't you just step back and let us enjoy a little bit of life for just a few moments? Amen. Isn't that right? I was eating one day a hamburger. I mean, a good one, you know. I'm talking about, I mean, the, it was it was beyond the quarter pounder. Had cheese and grease baptized in grease. That was the best kind. You know that. And uh, I was sitting there with a preacher, and he just started a diet. Preachers are always on diets, you know. I probably lost a 1,000 pounds in my lifetime. Just never lost it all at the same time, you know. And uh, we were sitting there, and he said, oh, we're sitting there, he said, you know how many calories are in that burger? I said, the same the last time you ate it. Now, leave me alone. Amen. Tell somebody how many calories are in something when they're eating it. Amen. Let them enjoy it. Amen. You say, what's going on? It's going to kill them. You're going to die something. Amen. I mean, just let them enjoy But you know what? There's some people, they're never happy about nothing. Not David. David, in the troublesome times of life, was such an encouragement. Here's what he has to say about God in this psalm here. Notice in verse number 5, he says, Lord, he said, you're good and you're forgiven. For thou, Lord, art good and ready to forgive. Plenteous in mercy unto all them that call upon thee. David in his troublesome times said, let me tell you something about this God that I serve. He mentions Jehovah's name 35 times uh, uh, in this psalm. And David said, I want to tell you about this God that I serve. He said, the first thing I want you to know, that even in troublesome times, uh, he's good and he's forgiven. I want to tell you tonight, I'm glad the God that we serve, that they sung about, uh, that both of those groups sung about, he's good. Amen. Uh, I mean, listen, God is a good God. Uh, He's not a fair God or we'd all be in hell. But he sure is a good God. Amen. Uh, he picked up a bunch of beggars uh, and a bunch of thieves uh, and a bunch of no good for nothing people and ought to all be rotten in the bowels of hell right now. Uh, but he reached further down than our hand could ever reach up uh, and he pulled us from the burning uh, and he lifted us out of the muck uh, and he pulled us up out of the mire. Uh, and thank God he took us out of nothing uh, and he put us into everything. Uh, not because we deserved it. Not because we earned it. Not because we're good. Uh, but because of God we serve. He's good. He's forgiven. And I want to say bless His holy name. I'm glad He is a good God. And He is a forgiven God tonight. Amen. I tell you, God forgave you of every sin you ever committed. Isn't that wonderful? I'm talking about all the mountain of sin. I'm talking about, you say, well, I was raised in church. Doesn't matter. You've done enough to send you and everybody else to hell. He forgave you of all your sins. I'm telling you, that's grace. That's mercy. That's goodness. And a holy God would take every wrong you've ever done, every mistake you've ever made, and He would put it under the blood of His own darling Son and say it's forgiven forever. Hallelujah. Isn't that wonderful? I guarantee you there's some people you see after you got saved, you you blush and you're ashamed because of the way you used to live. You say, not me, I haven't lived that bad. But I tell you, there's probably things that we've all done tonight that if they was aired out before others, oh, wouldn't we be ashamed? Don't you think, God, that some people don't know some of the things that we have thought, some of the places our mind has went, some of the deeds that we have done, the foolish things that we have done, that we have thought. Tonight, I want to tell you something. God knew it all. He's seen it all. He was there when all of it happened. And in spite of it all, I want to tell you something. He forgave it all. He's washed it all away. And he's chose to never remember it no more. I'm telling you, the devil, listen, he could try to dig it up as much as he can. But God has made a covenant. He's so good that he's forgave us. Uh, It'll never be brought up uh, uh, between us and him again. Uh, I'm glad it's under the blood of his own son. Uh, David said, that's the God I serve. Uh, He said, he's not just a God that forgives. But look at that verse again. He said, thou art good. And look at this. Uh, He said, he's ready to forgive. You know what that means? That means that God, just 
like that father in that story about that prodigal son. Uh, he's looking down life's road uh, and he's watching for the day that you'll come back uh, and that you'll just come home. Uh, you say, would God really forgive me for all the things I've done uh, and the way that I've lived? Uh, if you'll come broken, if you'll come humble, if you'll come sincere, uh, I'll tell you, listen, God will meet you up the aisle uh, before you ever get down the aisle. Uh, he'll take you two steps to your one. Uh, he is ready to forgive tonight. Amen. I'm so thankful for that, aren't you? David said in verse number 7, he said, you answer prayer. Look what he said, in the day of trouble I will call upon thee. Why, David? For thou wilt answer me. I want to ask you a question tonight. Do you believe God answers prayer? Do you believe God will answer your prayer? I believe that tonight. So preacher, how can you be so sure of that? Oh, because it's not got anything to do with me. It's got everything to do with Him. I used to pray and I used to worry when I would pray. Would God really hear me? Would God really listen? Would God really do that? And I'll tell you one day, the Lord just, He spoke to me as clear in His Word and said, Son, those answered prayers don't have anything to do with you. The only thing you can do is ask. Amen. You can't answer a one of them. But the answering's on my end. And God's more willing to answer than we're willing to ask. Amen. If you don't believe God answers prayer, I tell you, just give it to try. Just start asking and asking and asking and see what God does in your life. Uh, hey, listen, if you'll ask with a sincere desire uh, for the glory and honor of God, I'll tell you what you'll find out. That God's ears are open unto the righteous uh, and His uh, his eyes are over the righteous. His ears are open unto our prayers. Uh, God is willing to answer. And David said, I want to tell you about this God I serve uh, in trouble sometimes. Uh, he's good. He's forgiven. And He answers prayer. That's good to know when t- troublesome times come. When you only have a moment to breathe a little prayer that God answers. I, I was thinking this afternoon as I was reading this psalm, I, I thought about just some of the things this year that God has answered. Some have been prayers, and I'm sure you can testify to this, that have been prayed for a long time. Some were prayers that time, there was no time. It was just a quick little small prayer. God, would you help? There's no big prayers. There's no little prayers. To get up in the morning and pray for the safety of your family and to to come to the close of the day and then be safe is an answer to prayer. Isn't that right? To come to the end of the day and have asked God that morning, Lord, would you bless the health of my loved ones and to see that they're still healthy at the close of the day? That's an answered prayer. I'm telling you this morning to, or this evening to pray for the will of God to be done in your life that day and to pillow your head at night and know that you did what God wanted you to do for that day. That's an answered prayer. There's so many prayers that God answers for us every day if we just ask. Amen. If we just ask Him to do those things. If, listen, for this service to be what it is tonight and for the feel the presence of God and to know that God is working and that God is blessing. You know what that is? That's an answer to prayer. Amen. If you along with others tonight. So God, would you bless the service? Uh, would you help the singing? God, would you help the preaching? Hey, he, I feel like he's uh, helping me right now. I'm not worthy of that. Uh, but you know what that is? Uh, that's an answer to prayer. It doesn't mean that I'm anything special. It means he's special. Amen. It means he's listening. Uh, and it means that God will answer if we'll just ask. He said, I want to tell you about this God. He will answer prayer. He's good. He's forgiven. And then he said in verse number 12 that he deserves to be worshipped by all nations. Look what he said in verse 12. I will praise thee, O Lord my God. With all my heart I will glorify thy name forever. For great is thy mercy toward me. For thou hast delivered my soul from hell. Verse number 9. All nations is what he said. All nations whom thou hast made shall come and worship before thee, O Lord, and shall glorify thy name. David said here that uh, that he ought to be worshipped by all nations. You know why? Because David was a worshiper. And David, like every other psalmist, they always had their eye on that day when the king, when Messiah would come. They knew there's coming a time when all the world's going to worship God. Can you imagine that? Tonight all the world hates God. But there's coming a day when all the world's going to worship Him. Tonight the world doesn't want anything to do with Jesus Christ. But there's coming a day when Jesus Christ is going to sit on the throne of David and the world's going to look to Him and they're going to magnify His name. Won't that be a wonderful time? And David said here... 
He said, God, all nations shall worship thee. He said in verse number 8, he said here that uh, that you're the only God. He said, among the gods there is none like unto thee, O Lord, neither are there any works like unto thy works. Uh, David said, let me tell you about this God I serve. He said, all nations ought to worship him. Why? Because there's no God like this God. Amen? How many of you could testify tonight to that? There is no God like the God that we serve. You know why? Because he's alive. Amen? Uh, uh, Buddha's dead. Uh, I want to tell you, Confucius is dead. Uh, Mohammed is dead tonight. Uh, uh, listen, I'll tell you, the gods of wood and stone uh, and the things of this world, uh, they've got eyes, but they cannot see. Ears, but they cannot hear. And hands, but they cannot do anything. Uh, feet, but they cannot walk. Uh, oh, but the God that we serve tonight, uh, he walks the dark hills uh, and he walks the highways uh, and the byways. Uh, he sees the beginning and he sees the end. Uh, his hand uh, works in our life, an unseen hand. There is no God like this God tonight. He's worthy to be praised. We ought to come to church and shout every service. You know that? I know we don't, but we ought to. Amen. You say, why? Look at verse number 12. He said, I will praise thee, O Lord my God, with all of my heart, and I'll glorify thy name forevermore. Why would you do that? He said, for great is thy mercy toward me, and thou hast delivered my soul from the lowest hell. David said, let me tell you something about this God. This God delivers again. Amen. I'm going to tell you tonight, you and I, we ought to do what the Bible says here. We ought to praise his name. We ought to glorify his name. Why? Because he's delivered our soul from the lowest hell. Amen. I'm telling you, if God never did another thing for any of us tonight, just to be able to say I've been saved, I've been born again, that's enough to praise Him, that's enough to magnify Him, that's enough to glorify His name. Amen. You see, tonight, if you know you're saved, you got a reason to rejoice. Before I got saved, I went to church. I did everything but I could to keep my mind off of church. Before I got saved. I've watched people come to church and sit through church. And, and listen, they'll talk. They'll look at their phone. They, you know what they're trying to do? They're trying to shake that conviction off of They don't want to think about God. The Bible said they don't want to retain God in their knowledge. Hey, if you're saved, look up here at me. You know what you'll do? You'll want to sit and listen to some preaching. You'll want to sit and listen to some singing. Amen. Hey, you'll want to put your mind on the things of God if you're saved. But if you're lost, you know what? You don't want anything to do with this. You just can't wait till the service is over with. But when you get saved, you know what? You don't want the service to end if you're saved. You know why? Because you love Jesus and you love the things of God. I'm telling you, it's amazing how the Lord can make a change in your life. Even you think about people who's been in church. The most miserable people in church are people that have been raised in church all their life and they're unsaved. Because they don't, they, they, they've got a form of godliness. But they want to break out of it. That crowd, when they get born again, no, they didn't drink, they didn't smoke, they didn't chew, they never ran with those who do. But I'll tell you what happened to them. They got life on the inside. And that life makes you love Jesus. That life makes you love this book. That life makes you love when the Holy Spirit works and moves. And in troublesome times, you know what? You'll magnify His name because He delivered your soul. Even on a Wednesday night, I'm glad I can raise my hand and say, I'm not going to hell. How many of you can do that tonight? I'm not going to hell. What a blessing to know you're not going to hell. Then David says, let me tell you about this God. His testimony is this. He said in verse number 15, he said, Lord, he said, you've been merciful and you've been gracious. But thou, o Lord, are a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy. Hey, listen to me tonight. When I read that verse, you know what came to my mind? I thought about my children when they were coming up. And there's probably no greater testimony to that fact of this verse than this truth. And if you're parents, you know what I'm talking about. There are times that we have to deal with our children. If you're a parent, that brings great heartache. You know, my dad and mom used to say the same thing you heard. This is going to hurt me. I mean, more than it's going to hurt you. I never believed that for one second. Did you? In my mind, I was thinking, I was thinking, well, bless Pat, let's turn this card around. Give me the belt and you bend over, amen. 
That's what I thought. I'd trade places with you anyway, any day. My mom, she always used a hickory. Amen. I remember used to, we used to have a whole hedgerow out here. And I'd tell parents, I said, now listen, if, if they're two years and under, take them to the nursery if they get to crying. If they're two years and older, take them out there to them hedges and cut you a hickory. Somebody say amen. That's right. That's not child abuse neither. That's just Bible. I can give you plenty. We ain't got time for the verses I could give you tonight on that. Amen. But uh, but you know what? They'd say that, and I thought, well, that, that they just that's not true. They're saying that because their parents said that, and it's their way of getting back at me. That's what I I used to think, you know. But then when my children come along, I realized it. Love would a whole lot rather take the whipping as to give it. Isn't that right tonight? Doesn't never satisfied me to have to whip one of my children. Always broke my heart. You know, tonight it don't satisfy God to chasten us. Why is that? Because of verse 13. God is not a God that's full of judgment and wrath. He's a God of judgment. He is a God of wrath. And then one day He'll pour it out. But God is not a God that sits in heaven full. God don't sit up there watching us, ready to come down on us. Amen tonight? No, that ain't the way you raise children. You love children, don't you? You know what God is? He's full of compassion. He's full of mercy. I don't tell you young people something like, no parent walks around ready to drop the hammer of judgment on you. That whole lot rather be good to you. And that's the way God is tonight. God ain't sitting in the heaven trying to prove us wrong on everything. He gave us a word, His word. God's full of compassion tonight. Hey, when that prodigal son came home, you know what the father could have done? And I'll tell you what he should have done. He should have put his, he should have put his foot on his neck and broke it by the law. By the law... Those servants, those hired servants that he said had bread enough to eat and to spare, you know what they what they should have done and could have done? They should have picked up stones and cast it on that boy for the wrong things he had done. But when that boy came home, instead of getting his neck broke, instead of them, you know what that the Bible said when he was a great way off, his father saw him. Before a servant could see him, the father saw him coming. And he ran to where he was. I'll tell you, the Bible said instead of crushing his neck, the word of God said he fell on his neck. And he kissed him. I like to think this, Brother David, I like to think this. If one of them servants would have picked that stone up and said, well, here's what the law says. Let's go get, you know who they'd have had to stone first? That father. They'd have had to go through that father to get to that son. And I want to tell you, I'm glad I have a God and you have a God tonight if you're saved. We have a heavenly Father. Thank God, eyes full of compassion. We don't hear a lot of preaching about that, but it's true. We have a God that is gracious. You know it's true tonight. I'm going to tell you, if God wasn't a compassionate God, we'd all got whipped tonight, wouldn't we? I'm going to tell you, if God wasn't a merciful God, if He wasn't a God full of grace, God would have took every one of us to the woodshed tonight. And whoop, you said, well, I hadn't done anything. We've, had, we've committed enough sins of, of, co, of commission. Amen? we failed God in enough areas uh, this, this today. I mean, th there's none of us that's done everything right. The Bible said, if we say we have no sin, well, we deceive ourselves. But God is full of mercy. I'm so thankful for that tonight. I'll have to peel on my head before I and say this final prayer. Lord, thank you for your mercy. Thank you for grace to live another day. Thank you for your compassion that never fails. Tonight as we stand, it matters how we testify in times of trouble. David didn't have a lot to say about David, but he sure had a lot to say about God, didn't he? He said, let me tell you about how good my God's been in my life. Tonight, we could all say the same. In troublesome times, I, I don't want to... The elections around the corner, how we need to pray for our nation, how we need to pray for our president, don't we? We need to beg God to let him win. We need to beg God to, to let those that are 
at least standing on the side of what's right, let them win. I think it's safe to say this. I pray that God in mercy and compassion and long-suffering, God, would you let that map light up red one more time? I know that's not the answer to to all of America's problems tonight, but would you show us mercy in doing so? Amen. But regardless of what happens, we still got good news to tell this world. Regardless of who wins the election, God's still in charge tonight. We don't have to... If, if we... If Joe Biden wins, don't get up on Thursday or whenever. Don't get up in despair. Because God's not dead. And it did not take him by surprise. If he wins, they'd have to cheat, I think. But that's a whole other message, ain't it? I want to tell you tonight, God's under control of everything. And our heads bowed and eyes closed. If you need to come tonight, you may need to get around this altar and say, Lord, I need your mercy. I need your compassion. Maybe there's something tonight you need his help with. We're going to sing. What page are we going to sing, Brother Brian? 107. While we sing tonight, if you need to come, come on. I must tell Jesus all of my trials. I cannot bear these burdens alone. In my distress, He kindly will help me. Yes, He will. He final thought before we sing this verse. This is God's rules. This is God's standards. And I can't live up to all of them. Amen. I'm going to try my best. But you know what? I'm thankful God's compassionate. Because if, if, if it was up to me to only be blessed and live by everything in this book, I'd fail. Amen. You say, well, preacher, I, no, I mean strive. Do the best you can. But no, when you do the best you can, you're still going to fail. And it's in that moment that we, we fail. He's still merciful. He's still compassionate. Amen. Let's sing one last verse and we're done tonight. I must tell Jesus all of my troubles. He is a kind, compassionate friend. Sinner, if you need to be saved, come on tonight. house tonight.
And we're thankful for God letting us have this service. And so don't forget to pray on Sunday morning, 11 o'clock, 6 o'clock will be our evening service. So we pray for both services on Sunday. Invite somebody to come and uh, pray for the Lord's will to be to be done this coming Sunday. All right? All hearts and minds clear before we go home tonight. Anything need to be said? All right. Right. Don't forget our mission offering on the way out there at the welcome desk. And I want to say thank you for giving uh, to missions. We've been, been able to do a lot for missionaries this year. And uh, even in spite of everything else, we want to give God the praise for that. Amen. Let's bow for a word of prayer tonight. And uh, yes, ma'am. Sorry. sure makes a difference when it comes time to die, doesn't it? Amen. Not just for her, but assurance for the family. So let's do pray. Uh, Miss Tammy's grandmother, remember her in prayer. All right. Yes, sir, brother. Amen. We sure will. Thank you for telling how many you'll pray for this gentleman tonight. Amen. God knows who he is and where he's at. And he's able to, I'll tell you, it's been a blessing having this brother. Amen. He keeps hanging around here. We're just going to claim you, okay? All right. And uh, we take outlaws. You know that, don't you? So, amen. Yeah, you're sitting with a couple of them. Matter of fact, I'm just kidding. Amen. Amen. Well, I appreciate it. The Lord being good to us tonight. Let's bow for a word of prayer. And um, Brother Sean, would you dismiss us tonight, brother?